Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Champions of Happy podcast, the podcast where I talk to my friends about what makes them happy, what makes them smile and what brings them joy. Hi everyone, apologies this episode is out a little bit later than originally planned. I've had some personal things going on and they've got in the way. But I'm happy that the episode is back on track and live and I had a really fun time talking to my friend Mark about his passion about photography. We talk about his past projects and things he hopes to do in the future. So without further ado, here's the episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Mark. Hello. Hi, you're all right in ages. I know, I'm sorry, I actually feel a bit guilty actually because I haven't Oh, I can't feel guilty because I can't see you because we're in COVID and a pandemic. So that the pandemic is the reason I haven't seen you in so long. That's the reason. Yeah. The last time I saw you, you was uh, butt naked and I was drawing you. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I should probably give some context to my listeners. Um, For those who don't know, uh, one of my sideline hobbies, jobs, activities is I life model for art classes. Mark uh, is a friend of mine who has has come and joined me once or twice. Um, as yes, I completely forgot about that. You could totally <laughs> throw me. <laughs> I like to throw these little spans in. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess generally we'll just normally I ask my guests to introduce themselves. Um, I will give a very brief introduction. You are my friend Mark. Uh, you are a lovely guy and photographer, uh, and you also work for the NHS. Have I kind of missed anything out? generally speaking uh, no that's about it really yeah i mean my life just is nhs at the moment i think with everything that's going on but, <clears throat> but yeah and i've been a photographer for many years and yeah also worked in public sector for many years <laughs> so mark i wanted to get you on the podcast for a while and i know i've been a pain in the ass about recording and when we can record just because i've been so stupidly busy life is not is slowly weirdly getting back to normal and i'm a little bit worried that when covid is all done will will anyone have the time to actually want to do a podcast anymore but that's for the, that's the that's a future problem to think about so thank you for making the time um around my busy schedule to do this you're very so, welcome so you're a photographer what's your um well most people will probably know you from your Instagram page because that's probably where you kind of post most of your work. Is that correct? That's basically where I post all my work. Yeah, so I don't really have any other outlets except for Instagram, which is uh, yeah the M words photography. Where did it all Where did it all begin? Take us back to the beginning. <laughs> the, oh where gosh. was we Mark doing his photography? How did he start? I guess it was a wee Mark. Really, it started literally when I was a child so I just always 
loved playing with my, my parents' cameras and my uncle was a quite a, an enthusiastic hobby photographer as well. And he um, yeah, has big, expensive cameras and I used to love playing with them. Um, but, yeah, it was literally like from holidays and that and my parents would hate it when I was collect at the airport or the film developing bags that you used to send off to True Print and that and spend all their money on developing random snaps. Um, but yeah, it's all started from there with my interest in photography. Um, and then it wasn't until I went to, to college and really, really wanted to do photography, but the college wouldn't let me because of my um, GCSE um, subjects that I chose. Um, wasn't related to photography because I chose music instead of art. They wouldn't let me do photography. So my first That's year, so strange I... because they're still quite creative. Subjects. Yeah, I mean, while music isn't like a visual, and mm, it's it's not a visual topic. You could necessarily, but you can't see music, but you can certainly feel music, and in the same way, you can kind of feel art. So That's strange. They wouldn't let you do that. I know. So they made me do geography and biology instead which oh. I hated. And which are so related to music as well. <laughs> I know. Exactly. And you, the hills are alive with the sound. Yes. So now I, I spent my first year just getting through what I could, didn't enjoy it, didn't put any energy into it, basically failed my first year. And then on sort of the secondary review, second year review, they let me do photography, which was really weird. Um, so I did it. Absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, my heart and soul went into it. But by the end of my second year, I was basically disillusioned by the whole sort of education industry because I just felt, you know, let down a bit, I guess. Um, so I left college um, after my second year and ended up getting a job in, in local government, which was nothing to do with anything that I was interested in. Um, but, yeah, and then from the side, I then just started doing photography. People knew that I liked photography and, yeah, started from there. I did my first wedding, which when I look back, I think, oh, my God, I can't believe I was paid for these photos. But, um, but no, they, they, they liked them. And, yeah, then I just found this website called Model Mayhem, which um, I think a lot of people are aware of, um, which is basically... It's still there, but it's like a, a Facebook kind of thing for the creative, so makeup artists, photographers, models. And you, you just sort of get collabs going. And, yeah, that's when the sort of modding really sort of kicked off in the photography. Back in my younger days, um, when I was in university, coming out of university, I discovered Model Mayhem. I did a few test fashion shoots and looking i have a portfolio printed off and i'm actually dead proud of it but also dead cringy about it as well i was like oh what was i doing <laughs> but i also think with 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 you i mean i talk like i'm like a really old man but with your youth you you only look young or so long so actually looking back i'm quite happy that i did what i did yeah a lot of the models that i shoot um basically just want a record you know it's not necessarily because i want to do a, a modeling career but it's you know whilst they you know, look good, they're in the prime, they want a record to, to look back when they got their grandkids and they want to see them in some sort of fine arty, nudie kind of pose. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I'll necessarily be showing my grandkids pictures of me um, 
on certain pictures but uh, <laughs> how did you learn so you went to college you did some photography but how did you master your craft basically just self-learning so in college it was <laughs> before digital cameras oh i'll be what? showing my age now <laughs> yeah there was a time before like digital medium um so it was all sort of well there's still dark rooms i guess but um different kind of dark rooms back then um so <laughs> so yeah so it was, it was developing black and white film um which was amazing absolutely loved it it was a a really all immersive kind of touch to the craft so you know developing your own film um, exposing your own photo paper to get the image so there's a craft in itself there but obviously as soon as you leave college <laughs> it's, it's really expensive to set up your own darkroom so I never did um, and at, at that time it was the transition into digital um, so basically I just picked up a a little digital camera, which was all the, there was no sort of big SLR cameras in digital, and it was amazing. I picked up a three megapixel camera, which was uh, groundbreaking. <laughs> so, when you think about three megapixels now, it's yeah, I'm crazy, but yeah, it was literally just practice and just keep shooting. Do you ever use? I know your platform now is more digital but do you ever jump back on touch on film at all i don't know it's um it's a medium that i would love to try again um you know it's it's so difficult now to to get film cameras because they've become really expensive um and even developing film um again there's quite a few sort of outlets that actually develop film um (laughs) and you have to wait so long as well you know, I think we've we've become accustomed to sort of something that's so instant, and you know, especially the way I shoot as well, I can easily do a, a session with a model and take a thousand photographs. And you know, with film, um, you get a roll of thirty six, and that's what you got. That's your love. Yeah. <laughs> so you can afford to develop. I was going to say when I was going to ask if you took, if you were the kind of photographer who took a lot of pictures or if you were quite selective, but with taking a lot of pictures is that does that make the edit even harder then i imagine to decide oh which one do i like the most yeah it used to i mean when i first started doing sort of the the model photography um i would literally take thousands and spend hours and hours literally going through each individual image and you know really sort of is this one better than that one and things like that um but now i think i've done so many shoots um I don't take as many photographs because I sort of have learned on how to, you know, get what I want. You know, I have a bit of an image in my head and know how to create it. Um, so I can do it in a lot less shots. Um, but for me, the initial sort of selection process is a lot quicker. Um, I've learned what is a good photograph and I can literally whiz through, you know, a few hundred photos in you know, 15 minutes and get my selection nice nice and obviously i think i actually found i think i met i think i came across you first on twitter when i was i i barely use twitter anymore but i i used mm. you more so um i think i came across you first when you started your project project soaked um which was um uh how do i explain this good looking man <laughs> in the shower yes that's one way of uh, describing it <clears throat> uh, but yeah so no, what, i used to 
I used to have Twitter, but um, oh, it was quite a few years ago. And now my account got hacked. And it was one of those where I was just like, just shut it down. Um, so, so yeah, and I, I never really went back to Twitter. Um, but Project Soaked was, yeah, that, that was a that was a good fun project. Um, so it was for um, raising awareness in, in charity for Prostate Cancer UK. Um, and it was an idea a friend of mine and I come up with. Um, we were at the gym one night, sitting in the hot tub afterwards, and literally the hot tub was opposite a shower. And there was a fairly good-looking guy in the shower and was like, Oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? A nice project all around guys in the shower. Um, I'd experimented years before. Um, one of my projects at college was water-based, and um, I just loved how you captured water um, in a still because you will never, ever get the same image twice. You know, even if you took, you know, a thousand photos of the same thing in a row, it would just be different every single time. And uh, I feel sorry for the poor girl at college because my project ended up getting her in the middle of winter to lay on the floor in our quad sort of outside in the college while somebody else poured a bucket of water over her face and I took photographs. So I guess that was the original inspiration and then it sort of rekindled with the, the hot guy in the shower. Um, in my head, but- in my head I... <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, in my head, I remember them being quite colourful. Colourful. Um, mm. Was it always the same shower then, or wh- how did it? Because it looked like a. Ma- I'm looking at the pictures; it looked like a big space. But was it quite <laughs> actually a small space? It was a very small space. Um, you've actually seen the space. It was in the shower in my flat, so it's basically just a small bathroom with a shower in it. Ah. Um, but yeah, so the the whole point is, I didn't want it to be, you know, slutty. Um, no, not at be, all. be sexy and colourful. So it was literally just sort of colour backgrounds, which was rolls of paper that I used to stick up on the tile wall in the shower. Uh, I re-engineered my shower. So I had this contraption that was made up of um, it's like a curtain pole with a string and a lot of duct tape. So I had my shower head sort of attached to it and taped off round. So it went directly down the bath rather than sort of from the side. And uh, yeah, just did it from there. So it was a very compact space with a lot of water everywhere. Nice. Yeah, they they certainly. I don't remember them being smutty at all. I remember them being quite, for lack of a better word, lifeful, full of life. Um, quite smiley, quite happy pictures. Now I'm quite precious about my hair because I've got very thin hair, and when it's wet, I don't want anyone to see me. So when it came <laughs> to shooting models with wet with wet hair. Was anyone particularly quite, I mean, don't give me names, but like, was anyone fussy about, oh no, you can't have that picture or you can have that picture? How did it work as a collaboration? Yeah, I think um, a couple of people were in a similar situation to yourself. So where, you know, it happens to most of us guys. And as you can see, (laughs) I have no hair now. Um, For the the listeners who can't see, Mark has no hair. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I don't have that problem whatsoever. Um, but hair is a nightmare in the shower because you've got one extreme to the other. You've got people that don't necessarily want their hair showing to look thin. Um, so it's literally sort of trying to angle it in the best way. So it's all going like back over their head or something like that. Or otherwise it literally just falls to, over their face and into their eyes. So it can be a, just as annoying in, in that respect. Um, but yeah, no, there was 
And, you know, hair is, I guess, quite a touchy subject, um, especially if people are sort of thinning and, you know, not looking forward to the day that it may have to go and things like that. And Yeah, it's a challenge. Listeners can see, but I'm I'm literally stroking mine because it is. As I'm getting older, it's getting thinner and thinner. Ah, I don't think I could ever have done the shower shoot. Um, but I have done a photo shoot with you before in the past, uh, where we experimented with Spider Man and we did a few geeky stuff. And annoyingly, I think I got a really bad haircut like two days before, and I really, I, I, so, so I understand how sensitive hair is to people because I'm super sensitive about my hair and it looking good and it looking bad. And I think I, I stayed the night at your place, and I think the morning after, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I like bed hair. Bed hair is yeah. great. But the, the actual the moment when we were shooting, and I was like, oh, it's not. But also jumping from the shower to the bath, you've done a massive series of the, the bath pictures where it's just men. Um, in a, in a bath and you use um is it milk and food color dye or you make the water colorful somehow yeah so <laughs> again that was following on the similar vein to i guess project soap with the colorful sort of showers um with the bath series again it's keeping with that water theme and keeping it sort of colorful as well um yeah my trade secrets now because i can't do the baths anymore which uh. is another little story um but yeah it's literally poster paint so that's it poster paint and two pints of full fat milk or almond milk alternative for vegans Uh, did you actually get did you get vegan milk for the vegans yep that's so thoughtful of you (laughs) i know my um my vegan models weren't necessarily happy about having cow's milk poured over i think that makes sense that like i wouldn't yes that's so weird that's something i wouldn't have thought of that's oh god that's so smart but yeah so to um as this is not a visual platform i'll just try to explain the the shoot it's basically um, mark takes pictures of men in baths um from above uh everything is covered but the water itself is colorful and he at You've just you've just moved home, so you can't do that anymore. But you mm. did a lovely uh, collage of I think it was like a hundred men uh, all in the bath. And yeah. months before I did the shoot, I was like, "How big is this bath?" And I, I don't understand how this works. And because from the picture, you'd think it was just a massive white space for bathing. But then when I got to your house and I saw the bath, I was like, "How?" What? It was just a regular bathroom. I was like, how does this work? But I remember, because you're taller than me, you're six foot five. No, I'm, yeah, six foot three. Six so foot three. We're, we're, we're similar height. Mm. But, um, but you were like, literally, I was in the bath and you were stood on the side of the bath with your camera <laughs> pointing down. And I was like, please don't fall on me. Please don't fall on me. Please don't fall on me. Because that would have, I would have been broken very quickly. How, how Were there any slips or slides or. Any accidents? No, do you know what? It was to say that I shot about, I, I haven't done a final count, but it was well over, well over 100, probably about 120 plus models that I had in the bath. Um, I swear models had more baths in that flat than what I did. Um, but, but yeah, no, it was, it was good fun. It was, uh, yeah, with <laughs> every, literally every single person that come in expected a big roll top bath in the middle of a studio. Um, and when they saw my little bathroom in the flat, and then I'd get a little stall out to stand on. It was, yeah, it was this. I wish I'd taken a picture from my view just so I could be like, <laughs> ah. oh, God. I'll have to post a picture of your, your work on Instagram, the Insta stories, just so people can somewhat um, 
talking about properly, but it was an incredible series. It's a shame you can't do it anymore. But um, where, where did that idea come from? Um, well, that was me and my boyfriend at the time. Um, he was uh, based up in Scotland, so he'd come down to stay with me, and we'd done some photos in the past and things like that, and we was like, oh, let's try something new out. And um, we walked into Romford, sort of my local town, and we saw Lush, um, the, you know, the, the body shop place. And um, we've both just sort of come up with the idea of doing a bath shoot with, you know, a colourful bath bomb. So, um, yeah, we popped in, got a couple of bath bombs, went home, run a bath, and uh, we thought, well, I mean, it's a bit see-through. You know, you can literally see everything. Um, so it was like, well, let's try and dilute it down with a bit of milk and see if that makes it a bit cloudier. And literally, I was standing on the stool and I poured the milk in. As soon as I poured it in, it just made this, you know, amazing cloudy effect. I was like, don't move, don't move. So I was literally taking some photos and basically that's where it was born. It was literally just me and my ex all playing around. So I posted the image on um, on Instagram and, you know, a couple of people that I'd shot with already sort of had messaged me. I was like, oh, my God, I really want to do this. So I was like, okay, fine. So a week later, one of my friends, Sam, come over and, you know, we did a bath shoot. And then from there, it just sort of escalated. More and more people just wanted to get involved. Um, so I then had to find a cheaper alternative to their Lush bath bombs, which is where... Yeah, yeah. they're kind of And Lush, if uh, you do want to sponsor the podcast, I, I love Lush. Um, don't have a bath, love one. But, um, if, <laughs> if there are any bath providers out there, that'd be also great to sponsor the podcast. So, uh, yeah. But sorry, Mark, you were saying... Well, I need a new bathroom now. I've literally just moved house, and the bath that I've got is just not suitable it was like installed in the 60s and it's a nice sort of cream color with some nice handles uh, yeah it doesn't really work for the project so yeah if anyone wants to like sponsor me with a bathroom and then lush when i just chuck in a couple of bath bombs that'd be great <laughs> who does baths these days who's, who's a bath retailer we got uh, victoria plum and paper like that oh victoria plum you're right girl uh, <laughs> but, um, so your your models then they are I, I, correct me if I'm wrong but they're predominantly male but you're not mm-hmm. averse to the idea of shooting anyone what what do you seek for what do you seek in a model that's a terrible that's a terrible way to work <laughs> what do you look for in a model that's why I'm sorry to say what do you look for in a model um, it's so difficult I mean I'm I'm not averse to any kind of model um you know, I do preference male models. Um, I just find it so much easier to work with male models, um, especially if you're doing different looks. Um, so I've done, you know, photo shoots in the past with um, with a lot of sort of fashion, female fashion models. And um, literally to do four looks was a seven-hour shoot just because each look then had new hair and makeup, and it was a two-hour hair and makeup turnaround. Sure. Um, and it kind of put me off, to be honest. So, you know, I, I love it. <laughs> I love shooting women. Um, but it's one of those where just come to me ready <laughs> and then we can shoot and then just change yeah, clothes. Quick and easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I was going to say, not like all aspects of life. But, <laughs> but yeah. But no, for, for the male models, which is, I think, my specialism, um, just purely because I understand sort of the male shape and physique and how to light men 
Um, you know, it's a different kind of lighting for for females. You know, generally it's a lot softer. You, you know, so with with the men, it's, I quite like the harsh shadows and definition that you can create. But mm-hmm. uh, most of my models, if not you know virtually all of them, now come through Instagram. Um, and again, it's a bit of a two way process. It might be a case that I see somebody that just sort of sparks a bit of inspiration um, that I might get in touch with and come up with a concept with them. Otherwise, people sort of message me and be like, oh, I'd love to shoot to shoot with you and, you know, try this style out, and try that style out. So, so yeah, Instagram is the way it's, forward. It's a great – I love Instagram. It's, it's probably my favourite social media platform there is. Way above Facebook, way above Twitter. Uh, Champions of Happy is available on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you're listening, be sure to follow us. Um, but I guess a lot of your your um, a lot of your models they tend to be um, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. They're um, models already, or they're dancers, or they're actors, or they're in the adult entertainment uh, industry. Uh, do you ever get people who are completely brand new to it and never been in front of a camera? And how what's that like to direct? Yeah, I'd probably say about thirty, if not. 40% of my models have never modelled before. Um, so it's actually people that um, have seen my sort of work on Instagram and be like, oh, I'd love to try and do a photo shoot, you know, not necessarily wanting it to go anywhere in the sense of becoming a new hobby or becoming, you know, a career path or anything like that. Mm. But literally just to try it out, you know. Again, something to record, you know, some of the sort of, younger days kind of you know something to look back on when old bald and grey and fat you know which is where I am <laughs> no oh, uh, you're not oh. fat um <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess like if, if someone's do you have to also, I, I mean it's hard to say I suppose without upsetting anyone but is it how do you direct someone who's never really who doesn't know what they're doing? I guess is how how do you direct someone who doesn't know the moves? Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a uh, it can be quite a lengthy process in the sense of um, a lot of direction in sort of verbally describing how to do something. Um, there may be sort of few sort of tweaks. So when when sometimes you say to somebody, you know, just bring your chin down slightly to the left and eyes up and head up. Um, you know, obviously, I would sort of say to somebody, are you okay with being sort of, you know, touched in a sense of, you know, just moving the chin or something like that. Um, so there's a lot of direction in that way. Um, but generally, it's, it's literally just sort of talking to people. But um, in, in a lot of situations, people just sort of, say, start with a pose where they'll sit on a stool. And it's a case of, you know, just be natural, just, you know, just look around the room, you know, and just sort of, turn over this way, just move your body slightly to the left and things like that, and it literally just snapping through. Um, I get some people that have never had a photo shoot before have come out with the most amazing poses, literally after every flash of the bulb, they're in a different pose. And yet I also get models that have done hundreds of shoots that stand there and don't move. So it can be one extreme to the other. So, mm. yeah, I mean, even the experienced models need a lot of direction at times. I mean, speaking from first-hand experience, having done a shoot with you, I, I guess it was easier because we were friends already and we'd spoken a lot before, but mm. it was just like, with me and you, it was just 
very much like hanging out with a friend. We have music on, you try different things with lighting, we try different things with outfits, I complain about my hair internally, um, but you made it, you're a very easy guy to work with. And I, I guess a lot of the time when you're working with someone, you're working with friends and people you've spoken with already, it is just like hanging out. Do you, mm-hmm. how, do you work in the sense where it's very much a, I have this time slot, we're doing this, then you have to leave? Or is it very much like, oh, all your people you work with, is it all very quite... I mean, not, it's all quite friendly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, I think I get a lot of um, feedback as well about my style of shooting, which is very hmm. relaxed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an easygoing guy. <laughs> my life's been going right. What? Um, yeah, there's, there's literally no pressure. So there's no time restraint, you know, within reason. Um, although, saying that, I'm sure. Josh may listen into this where he come for a shoot once and left two weeks later. So I, th- was... I think Josh might have <laughs> instant messaged me every now and then saying a few things about you on Instagram before this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, generally, I don't have a, a time restraint, you know, when people sort of come along. Um, it may be a shoot that's over in an hour. It could be sort of three or four hours. We'll sit down, have a cup of tea halfway through. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just very relaxed um i've been on shoots before with other photographers and um and sort of fashion designers and it's literally been horrible uh, it's not my kind of environment it's where people you know come in they get hair and makeup and you have to shoot and it's a lot of sort of rushing around and things like that but for me i like to you know if i've never met somebody before it's literally come in we'll sit down whenever i have a cuppa have an hour and sort of just get to know each other a little bit before. Um, especially with the kind of photography that I do, a lot of it is sort of, you know, the fitness and fashion kind of things. Um, a lot of it is, you know, underwear. So, you know, for somebody just to come in after never meeting me before and it's like, get your kit off and get the camera out, you know, it's all been thrown in at the deep end. So, yeah, it's nice to just sit and have a cup of tea, go through some portfolio stuff and people can see a bit more, you know, from what's not on Instagram, you know, the kind of work that they can do and and we'll just discuss what styles they want to try out. And I guess that's vital as well because they're coming in, you would never know it, but your studio is your home. Like looking Mm -hmm. at the pictures you think we'd think you'd hire a studio. But you you have someone walking into your home and they're in a, an environment, like you say, where they might be doing a topless picture or under a picture or a semi-nude picture. And it's super important that they're at ease. And you're so good at that. Like just You're just a genuinely nice guy. And I, 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 from my previous experience and having knowledge of the model world and how it works online, there are a lot of men on, uh, photographers, not just men, there are a lot of photographers out there who are just people with cameras and call themselves photographers and they hire out a hotel and they I, I have a very I could go on about this for quite a while and go on a very odd tangent so I won't go too ranty but there are men out there and they are men they're mostly men who will have a camera call themselves a photographer invite you to a hotel pay you 50 quid and then do really crap photography whereas you are trusted reliable respectable have the art have the eye and it's it, it's and I wish I wish there was some sort of like, not a union, but a group to like educate young up and coming models as to what to do and what not to do and where to go and what not to go. And I've, 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 I have personally advised people 
where to go and who to use and what not to use and who to avoid in the past but something you just you can't babysit everyone no. and it's uh I, I guess you must have come across people who are less nice than others in the past as well oh definitely definitely but i always get people messaging me now still i literally had one of my models message me yesterday and was like oh do you know about this photographer and things like that um you know i didn't you know but i always say to every single model even when they come in to, to shoot at me you know you need to feel comfortable going to a photo shoot if there's any part of you that feels a bit uneasy or questioning or feels slightly pressured don't do it you know you've got to feel comfortable because ultimately if you know i understand people being nervous and that's different to being uncomfortable um because any experienced model or not experienced model going to somebody they don't know to be photographed is nerve-wracking you know it can be exciting but also nerve-wracking as well. Um, but if you feel uneasy and not comfortable in doing something or feel slightly pressured by, you know, a photographer that you're going there specifically to do nudes, but you're, if you don't want to do nudes, then don't do it. Mm. You know, it's, it's as simple as that. You know, you've, you've got to look out for yourself. And if you do feel uncomfortable doing a photo shoot, it's going to show. You know, for me, that's so important. And that's why, you know, I always have that bit before a photo shoot where we'll sit down and have a cup of tea, you know, because if we jump straight into it, there's those nerves, there's, you know, some apprehension. It's going to show. And the final images are not going to be good for either of us. So, And I guess the photograph itself will always have, just looking at the photograph, the photographer and the model will always... It could look stunning, but you'll always know really behind the eyes what was going in that environment. And you want to have a nice memory rather than a negative memory. But um, moving on from the negativity, because that's not what this podcast (laughs) is about. Uh, I I get really riled up about people who take advantage of people. "Ah." Um, But moving on from that horrible subject, um, you shoot both inside and outside. Um, What Mm -hmm. are the challenges of shooting uh, outside, exterior to inside? Well, to be honest, I've actually got a photo shoot tomorrow, which is um, my first COVID-related shoot, which is obviously on location because we're still in a, in lockdown at the moment. And I love shooting on location, but <laughs> the weather is always the most challenging thing. So indoor, you've got complete and utter control over your lighting. Um, and that's what photography is, you know, you're capturing light. But when you're on location, you know, the light can change literally every second then you've got you know the winds that's coming through and rain and i've been on shoots where we've literally had all the seasons in one where it's literally been nice and sunny to start with and then it's ended up snowing and how and yeah i mean that's your 2021 calendar done at least exactly exactly but um but yeah no i mean the weather is definitely <laughs> a challenge, but can also bring some really exciting sort of um, unplanned shots. Mm. Um, one I did, oh, it was in 2020, so it was um, the year from hell. But um, it was, you know, location shoot again with um, my friend and model Josh and um, one of his friends, uh, Yoshka. And um, it was one of those we thought we'd do some indoors and you know locations that we've gone out 
fairly dry, quite a nice day. We'd gone down to the uh, the forest sort of near me. Started doing a bit of fashion stuff. And then all of a sudden, the heavens opened. And it wasn't just rain. This was monsoon. It was like I'd literally never seen rain like it. So we took advantage. And, yeah, Joshka <laughs> got his kit off. And we was literally dancing in the rain. And, yeah, taking photographs in the middle of a field um, just by this forest in torrential rain whilst uh, poor Josh was huddled over a suitcase that we had full of uh, the clothes. And, uh, yeah, there was literally flooding the, the whole, whole shebang. So. Amazing. Have you ever had anyone, like, like, like someone walking by, like a dog walk or a family, or just anyone walk past and go, what's going on here then? Well, on that specific shoot, <laughs> after, you know, the torrential down, downpour of rain and somebody stripping off naked in a field and photos done, we then went to go back into the forest to, you know, to get back dressed. And literally Josh was like shouting, stop, stop, go back. And I was like, what? And we hadn't realised that there was a, a family with their three young children walking through at the same time. Mm. So... Yeah, so I'm sure there was some uh, behind-the-scenes footage video that was uh, us hiding in a bush whilst the family walked past, and, uh, yeah, that was fun. Oh, please send it to me. I'll put it on the Insta story. But <laughs> I guess other than that, have you got – I mean, I'm not going to ask you who your favourite models are because – I mean, I'm sure some shoots have been more fun than others, but I'm not going to ask you that. Obviously, I was the favourite model you've ever had. Of but, course. Um, of course. Have you had any um, particular favourite moments or memories from shoots that have really stood out and gone, this is why I love doing what I do? Um, yeah, I remember there's, there's so many. Um, and it literally is, everyone I meet is so different. And, you know... I've made some amazing friends from, you know, doing photography. Um, basically, my whole social life for years was around photography and meeting people and then, you know, becoming really good friends and those people would then come back and, you know, we'd do other shoots or just come back for dinner and movie nights. And like I say, Josh, come back and end up staying for weeks on, on end. Can't get rid of him at Josh, Josh, I swear, if you don't like repost this on your Insta story, I'll be very annoyed because you <laughs> your name has been mentioned quite a lot. I know, right? Can't get rid of him. Um, but yeah, so I mean, but then whenever I sort of post photographs and just get feedback as well, or people wanting to shoot because they've seen some of the work, is you know, it is so nice. Um, but it's not just for me; it's, it's nice for the models, and and that's what I love about it. Um, you know, because I do a lot of it just to help out models as well, um, especially sort of a lot of the actors and people in, you know, West End and dancers, um, because now Instagram basically is their CV. Um, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of the times sort of producers and that will just look at people's Instagram and if they've got the right look, they'll then invite them in. Um, and a lot of the times people have sort of commented on the photographs that I've taken has got them jobs. So, you know, that, that gives me a sense of pride as well. So. No, you're absolutely right. I, cause I, my, my day job is I book people in for commercials and a number of times I've had, and recently actually on a, on a job, I can't talk about it, but they asked for their 
their social media handles and they it is a portfolio instagram is basically a portfolio so other than uh sexy people that you take pictures of you also take pictures of food um how is that that must is that harder or easier than taking pictures of people um it can be harder to be honest um it's one of those because i i I always love taking photographs of food and my friends really get annoyed when we go out for dinner. Not that I remember what going out for dinner is like, but, um, but yeah, whenever I go out for, for dinner, I would literally take photos of the food and I, I never posted the photographs. I wasn't one of these people. Um, but yeah, I mean, during the first lockdown, obviously my calendar went from doing five or six photo shoots a week with models mm down to zero and I was like oh my god what am I going to do um so yeah I started doing a lot more sort of food photography um yeah and just something to do really sort of there's only so many banana bread you can actually bake so <laughs> wow. I did do a photo shoot of a I did I did a, a banana bread photo shoot just to capture the 2020 memories um but yeah then literally just started experimenting with cooking and sort of designing plates of food is really sort of quite a challenge. Um, watching so many different sort of YouTube videos on, you know, how to dress food for photographs. Um, and, you know, I think the most stressful one I did was uh, an Easter dinner. It was literally, I was in the flat on my own during lockdown and I cooked this, you know, whole leg of lamb and did it as a full spread for, you know, probably about six people when I ate the whole lot. But, um, yeah, it was probably the most stressful roast I've ever cooked because it had to look perfect. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a challenge. I've seen videos online on Facebook how people take uh, videos and um, still photography for food for, like, ad campaigns for McDonald's and Burger King and whatnot. And I think I've seen one where they put a, I could be wrong, I think it's a tampon and they like microwave it so it's it steams or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of, so some of the hacks they do is insane. And I would never have thought, I was like, oh, that's why it looks so good in, in the picture and it looks really flat in real life. Oh. Yeah, no, for, for my food photography that, you know, I shot for myself and portfolio, um, literally everything was edible um, and I did eat it all. Um, <laughs> just purely because I don't like waste. Um, but yeah, there's so many different hacks where people use like PVA glue as milk and things like that. And yeah, steaming tampons for coffee steam. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. Plastic cheese and yeah. God, I, I, I'd love the job like to be the person to come up with those solutions and ideas. Because I guess mm. food can be, is, is you can't rely on food to be what it needs to be for a photo shoot. So I guess someone needs to do that. So I meant to ask yeah. before was, um, have you yourself ever modelled much? Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a couple of shoots before. Um, you know, when I was a lot younger, um, I was scouted. Um, me and my friend were, you know, in, in central London. We got scouted by these um, this model agency, and we ended up doing a, a shoot for that. So I was, I think I was must have been about eighteen. I actually had hair and probably weighed five stone less than what I do now. Um, but yeah, so I, I did that. Um, but <laughs> it was one of those where after the photo shoot, again, we sort of reviewed the images afterwards and I kept picking out all the, 
elements where the photographer had gone wrong <laughs> and they didn't quite like that. So, yeah, that didn't go down too well. Um, I, think I, I think on our photo shoot, I insisted I took a picture of you. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen that picture, but it's, it's no. it has to be somewhere, surely. Yeah, I actually found it the other day. It was awful. <gasps> oh, no, oh, I'm not, sure it's not. Not for your uh, it's photography, photography skills. It's my photography skills, not up to the centre. <laughs> oh, no. That was a bad look I had then. No. Not good. Um, but, yeah, then I did a the photo shoot for, um, for Jack the Light magazine. Uh, oh, it must be five, six years ago now. Um, it was when I launched uh, Project Soaked. Um, so Jack the Light did a, an article on you know, me as a photographer, but also the project. Um, so, yeah, I did a, did a shoot for Jack the Lad, which was quite surreal being on the other side of the camera, but it was actually quite quite rewarding. <laughs> and it's quite good to see how our photographers work as well. Did you find yeah. it quite useful um, having, because as a model myself, well, as a former pretend model, I, I've always found it quite useful having been on both sides of the camera from directing to being a model, do you, have you, having some of that experience before, do you find that's been quite helpful for you to direct models? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, it, well, probably have to ask Simon, who did the photos for Jack the Lad, if, if I made a good model in that respect. But I sort of, you know, as a photographer, I know where the light is. You know, I, I know what sort of shapes to pull or whatever. So, um, so yeah, so I think from that respect, it, it makes it a lot easier to photograph a photographer um but then as a photographer obviously you know i can see everything you know so what you see as a model um when you're i don't know perched on a stall and there's a couple of lights there you see something completely different to what i see as a photographer behind the lens um so it's a lot easier for me to direct in that respect um especially because you know the lights that we use the, the flashy lights um, always have a light that's on, which doesn't give the same light as when it flashes. So, um, and you can't see it once it's flashed. So, um, yeah, it's a challenge on both sides. So, if I were to wave a magic wand, bling, uh, you've got all the money in the world, you can do whatever you want, the concept is completely open. Who do you shoot? Where do you shoot it? How do you shoot it? What's the concept? What's the drama? Go. Well, um, one of my actually one of my models is um, is an air steward, and he does a lot of long haul flights. And whenever he goes to a destination, he always has like a few days stopover, and he always shoots with a photographer on location in the country that he's in. And for me, that would just be my dream. Is literally just to you know, if we're talking money, is no object. Let's charter a private private plane and um, literally just do a, a world tour. Just do location shoots with, you know, any models that are willing. Just in some of the most, you know, beautiful locations. You know, the rainforest down on you know sandy beaches. Just yeah, up a mountain. Yeah, just location anywhere with some nice six models. That'd be great. Oh, amazing! Thank you. Make it happen. Uh, yeah I'll, I'll i'll find my magic wand yes yeah. <laughs> um so obviously this is again i think i say this on every single episode of the podcast this isn't a covid podcast but we have been going through a pandemic uh you've made the really tough and hard job of moving house while this pandemic's been going on 
Why yeah. now? Well, it, it was a case of the, the flat I was living in um, was put on the market, so I had to move. Oh, so that would, that would yeah, be the yeah, no, the decision was taken out of my hands. Um, but yeah, no, the house I've actually moved into now was um, is an old family home. You know, it's been in the family since 1957. And, um, you know, it was my grandparents' house and it had been rented out for the last 14 years and their tenancy, you know, was coming up and they had an expanding family and not enough bedrooms here. Um, so I, I take, took over the property and, yeah, just been, I guess, killing my time with COVID because I've, you know, done a full sort of revamp on the house. So, yeah, it's been keeping me busy decorating literally from top to bottom and, I've gone through four massive skips of rubbish from, you know, the garden and clearing that out. So it's, it's been keeping me occupied. Um, and I've now got a spare room, which is, <laughs> is it will be dedicated to a, a photography studio. So I just need someone to, to photograph now, you know, somebody to take the virginity of the uh, studio Ooh, away. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Maybe it's probably going to be Josh, isn't it? It's probably going to be Josh. I mean, shut the fuck up. I guess that's because I obviously you've sent me a few pictures of how it's going. Have you found the um, the redecorating quite a uh, therapeutic process, or has it been a bit stressful under the pressures we're under? Um, do you know, it's been it's been really good. Um, I moved in October, so in October we had um, the rule of six in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the day that I, I got access to the property, um, I had a few friends around and. Um, actually a couple of models that um, I'd shot before that have, again, become really good friends, come around to to help out. So literally just all hands on deck, well, six pairs of hands on deck, um, stripping wallpaper and clearing out and ripping out carpets and things like that. So um, so that was really good, but that was only for literally, I think it was about four or five days um, before restrictions then sort of come back in play again. Um but yeah, it's been it's been good fun. Um, you know, it's, it's kept me really occupied. It's a way to you know get my creativity you know into my own house as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so my bedroom has been designed around um, the current photography project I'm doing, which is you know the fine art Renaissance style images. So I've got um, you know a number of canvases printed up with uh, with photographs that I've taken that have been made to look more like oil paintings. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that basically inspired the the bedroom. So um, yeah, taking a lot of inspiration from you know projects I've worked on. I've probably got well a good couple of hundred photos you know around the house now. So it's, it's like a gallery as well of, of all the models I've worked with. So. Amazing. And obviously, I know you work with the NHS. Can you um, very briefly? Can you ex- you've explained this to me before, but I've never really quite understood what you. <laughs> do could you explain to me what you do please yeah so for the last seven years i've been working um in procurement um a lot of people have never heard of the word procurement um but it's basically buying and contracts so i guess technically i'm a professional shopper um so i literally spend millions of pounds for the nhs um you know from everything from you know pens and pencils to high-end medical sort of equipment and devices to building hospitals, you know, so it's everything that um, the NHS would spend money on um, has to come through sort of me and my team. 
Um, and we do that for three different uh, NHS trusts. So, yeah, during the pandemic, it's been very busy, um, especially right at the start. You know, everyone knew about the crisis with PPE and having to build new sort of COVID wards and get equipment that just didn't exist. So, yeah, it was, um, it was a long pool of, uh, you know, long hours trying to, you know, buy everything to, to keep our staff mm. and patients safe. I'm not. I'm not sure how much what you can and what you can't say, or if the, if there are any limitations, what you can say. But has did it really? Did you? Was it a bit of a learning curve? Did things change dramatically within the job, or was it? Yeah, yeah, kind of the definitely. same. No, it was literally from day one of you know the pandemic sort of hitting and restrictions coming in place. Literally, all our lives, you know, professional lives changed. You know, we was we was doing all sorts that we never thought we would. Um, you know, the kind of trusts that I work for are, are mental health trusts. Um, so a lot of our services were suspended and we had to put all our effort into, you know, sort of the acute kind of environment. You know, so we was procuring, you know, buying mm. equipment that we'd never sort of bought before. We'd, you know, having to try and build new hospital wards in literally three weeks, where normally it would take years of planning. So, yeah, it was just literally just a crazy sort of time. Um, it, was, it was non-stop um, for a good sort of month, two months at the start. And then things all settled down a bit. You know, the, the country as a whole got, got a better grip on PPE. And then just after Christmas, you know, during the, the recent spike that we had, again, it was a bit of all hands on deck again. Um, you know, I had to do some work at the Nightingale London Hospital and sort of go and help um, reset that up and do a lot of sort of ordering, but also logistics of, you know, where we're actually going to get stuff from and, you know, make sure that we've got the right stuff in for the patients that are coming in. So, yeah, it was a challenge. It was a challenge. Well, thank you um, for rising to that challenge and and working for the NHS and doing everything you do. And I, I, I think I listened, I speak for everyone who's listening everyone who's been working in the care sector and the NHS sector and the health sector has been an absolute, I mean, it sounds like I'm understanding it, but like you've been all vital to us all. So yeah. thank you. I, it's one of those, it's, it's really difficult because yes, we are in a, a vital role, but we are so lucky because we've got jobs and that's something from literally day one that we, we haven't forgot. You know, we are the lucky ones to, to have been working throughout this whole time. You know, as you sort of mentioned, you know, most of my friends and models are all in the industries that have been shut down. And it's been heartbreaking to see so many of my friends out of work and not able to, you know, sort of hone in on their craft. And, you know, my heart literally goes out to, to everyone um, that hasn't been able to work throughout this period. Mm. Hopefully things are, are improving and we'll all get back to a new form of normality soon. Well, working in the industry, I can say I've noticed a right, it, there was a quiet spell for a while, but now things are slowly, slowly, slowly coming back and more jobs are coming back in. So hopefully we can slowly get back to the arts. And I don't want to get too excited, but the Boris promise of the lockdown eases 
are in place now. So fingers crossed everyone sticks to the rules and does what they're told so we can just go back to normality again. But the idea of having a pint at a pub, it's so nice and we're so close. <laughs> I just want a pub at a pint. Uh, Mark, thank you very much. Oh my God, the pub, it's just that word, that yeah. sentence is quite sexy. A pub and a pint. No, hang on. A pint and a pub. There we go. Oh God, you can tell it's been a long day, can't you? Um, I would love a pint at a pub. Mark, thank you so much. We are we are at the end of the podcast now. Um, thank you for your time. And how can we best find you on all social media? Yeah, just basically Instagram, uh, M Words Photography. And uh, yeah, just give us a follow, drop us a message. And yeah, if anyone sort of in the arts industry needs new headshots for when everything reopens, just give us a shout. Well, I, I'm. This is technically unofficially season two of the Champions of Happy. Haven't really declared it, but it is. Uh, so hopefully, by the time um, we're out of lockdown, season three will still be going, and people will still want to record podcasts. Uh, you can hopefully shoot my new headshots for the uh, the promo. Hopefully, if I can convince awesome. you. If I'm not too fussy about my hair. Um, <laughs> thank you again so much. Um, and we'll say goodbye now then. Goodbye. See you soon. Bye. Bye.